The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week, and it is a pleasure for me to be joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It's great to be back, buddy. Um, I, I'm, I'd say I'm back and better than ever, but as you can probably hear... I'm not. Okay, two things. Uh-huh. One, I'm really happy to have you back. I'm happy you to weren't be back here too. last yeah, week, yeah. and it's good to have you here in the studio again. Secondly, you sound like crap flavored crap right now. Oh, it's awful. What is that? Oh my God. It's dude, terrible right dude. now. Dude. Oh, yeah. But, but this is also, it doesn't sound kind of good, though. It's kind of interesting right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah. I, uh, like, it was unseasonably cold up in Montreal, um, like 50 degrees, uh, and also kind of rainy. Uh, there, was, there was like one nice day of like 70 degrees and sunny, but um, yeah, it was pretty cold up there for June, Yeah, and uh, I ended up getting a sunburn the first day and a cold for the rest of it, which is a fascinating combination of a vacation. Your frog in your throat sounds like it has a smaller frog in its throat. Oh, that makes sense. I was in Quebec. Ah, ah, see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I look forward to hearing all about your Montreal trip. Yes. Um, I, let's let's we'll maybe, maybe that we later. save yeah, that yeah. for like the, uh-huh. the D block so we can talk about the boring music business stuff that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, actually, uh, we'll talk about. It. I had some pretty interesting musical experiences up there too. Oh, I look yeah, forward yeah. to hearing all about it. Um, before we get into the music stuff, let's just get through some of the housekeeping here. Uh, all right. We ask humbly for you, the listener, to uh, help support our podcast. So. Uh, throw us a rating, review our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, subscribe to us. We love the subscription because, right. I mean, we're we're so annoyed with like fielding questions for people. Oh, when does your podcast come on? It's like, yeah, subscribe. See, it's like, yeah, Ryan, subscribe and it just comes to you. See, Ryan, you're humbly asking. Yeah. I am braggadociously demanding. Oh, is that right? Yes. You, I mean, come on. we're Dude, we're awesome. We're hilarious. We're funny. We entertain. We give good music business re- uh, advice. You give good music business advice. I, 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 the royal we. I don't know. But, you know, you humbly ask. I'm t- you're going to be so much, your life will be so much more fulfilled and better and happy if you do this. Yeah. And obviously, you're doing it right now because you're hearing me. Well, so, yeah. And, and think about it. And, yeah, yeah. And, like, you really need to subscribe because we're not one of those professional podcasts where it's coming up, like, on the exact same time every Sunday. Like, it gets up when we get around to it. But you're pretty good. It's it's usually around Sunday evening time. Ish. You're pretty good with it. Right. But, like, you, know, you can't set your watch to it. So just subscribe and you'll get it. Yeah. And, and then good. if also you want to follow even more content from us, you can follow my good friend Ryan over here. On Twitter? Yes, of course. Yeah, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan, K-A-I-R. You can follow uh, my handsome, sick friend Dave, at... Mm-hmm. At Metal Dave 85. That's right, yes. I'm man. sick right now, but then even when I'm not sick, I'm still going to be sick, because I'm like totally sick, bro. Sick, bro. Yeah. Bra. 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 Um, you can also follow the, or should say like Break the Business mm-hmm. on Facebook. Just search, I don't know, Break the Business, and yeah. you'll find it. You can email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. That's right. I, I keep saying each week I'm going to eventually transition the show email to the breakthebusiness.com uh, account, but mm-hmm. I haven't yet, because I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Well, why, so wait, you, but why would we have break the business at break the business? Well, no, we, we wouldn't like, I granted, we're not going to like, it has to be like mail or contact at, or questions at break the business.com. Eh, Gmail's fine. 
Oh, ooh, okay. All right. I don't, right. I, mean, I don't know. Unless your PR people are telling you well, something well, else. All right. Well, Tave, Dave, Tave, Tave, my friend, David, um, why? <laughs> I don't know why I called you Tave. Is that like Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof? Ooh. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> as the good book says. Yeah. That's all I know from Fiddler on the Roof. I haven't seen it. Uh, what? I'm sorry. I know. I'm a bad person. As I haven't like, seen it. The, they're going to take your Jewish card, man. I've seen Schindler's List, at least. Okay. So but you... I haven't... Yeah, I haven't seen that Oriental. Wow. <laughs> so you, you've only seen one of, like, the Holy Jew Trinity that of movies that... Oh, my God. The Holy Jew Trinity, right? I, you know what? <laughs> Even as I said, I realized that that's very poor phrasing on my part. Yeah. What were you going to say? Okay. What I was <laughs> going to say was I was going to ask you, why should people email the show? What can they get out of it? Like why do they why do people email us? Honestly, we're probably gonna get nothing out of it. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> give us some um, ideas for show content. Yeah. Email us if you want something to be arbited by Dave the Alton Arbor. If you have any sort of uh, topics for Ryan for me to discuss, it can be show related. It can be life. It could be movies, music, whatever the hell you That's want right. it to be. If you're out there and you need a, a helping hand in life and you need a friend, we're here. We'll be your friend. Yeah, we, we certainly will. We're friendly guys. I mean. You know, I'll just put a disclaimer. We're not going to go out to lunch with you. Oh. We've got things to do. Yeah, no, we're kind of busy people. I don't have time. Unless you're in Los Angeles. But, you know, not only will we be your friend, but we advise you to tell a friend about the show. It's a great way to kind of help us, yeah. you know, just you know, tell your friend about us, particularly if it's somebody who's in the music industry or is a music industry lover and you know, just wants to, you know, have a cool podcast to listen to. Yeah. Coming up in the next segment, one of our favorite people, Dave. We love this guy, mm-hmm. right? J.P. Callio. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a uh, second or third time? For this him? is his second appearance, second although it's been a while. We haven't yeah, had him on like, since uh, episode three. Th- thir- yeah, the third episode. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. He, he's been there since the beginning, but he hasn't he's... been on since Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's a good point. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah number three. Yeah. yeah. See what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh, he's he's so He does so many things well in his career. He is what I like to call a hyper creator. He's very prolific. He's been making a new song every week for about two years, and now for the last mm, seven months, He's been making a new video blog entry every day for seven months. Like, how crappy do you feel that we can barely get a podcast out this week? This guy's putting out a song and a vlog. Song every week and a vlog every day. It's pretty good. He's a better person than I. And so we're going to talk a lot about his process. And you, as an artist, might be interested in going the vlog route as well. I think, you know, video is becoming an important part of any music industry person's arsenal um, if you're an indie artist. and Wait, uh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, video is the new form of content now because... But is it coming back? Coming back? Well, I mean, we all know that video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. That much is true. But then in, there's it, it seems like it it's took a backseat then in the last number of years because there's no television networks anymore that play music That's right. videos. There was used to be a thing called music television. I think now they've transitioned to something completely insane. Yeah, 16 and pregnant television. Yeah. But so, oh, so you're telling me that videos are back. Um, if video killed the radio star, streaming video killed the video star. Okay. Um, yes, music videos have achieved a completely new resurgence in the age of YouTube and the ah. internet. And the but what makes it interesting and, and advantageous for indie artists is the kind of videos that fans are demanding are not expensive, polished music videos. They just want raw video content. You know, you playing live at a show, you strumming the guitar right. in your bathroom, or just you hanging out with your buddies. It's funny, like fans want to just see you 
living your life as an okay. artist. They want to feel that connection to you. They don't need you to turn into a shark like LL Cool J. That's right. Yeah. And and thank God, like we're not in the era of like the late nineties where it was like this arms race to kind of create the most expensive music videos. Now yeah. fans want the they want the opposite. They don't want, you know, Michael Janet Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson scream. Yeah. Do you um, remember do you remember making the video? I do, yeah, of course. I love yeah. that show growing up. But yeah, now it's all, it's yeah. a completely new game. And now, now you can probably, you can just search wherever you want and watch it whenever you want. You don't have to sit there. You're like, oh my God, it's on, it's on, it's on. And then wait like a day or two before it cycles back. Yeah. And do you remember the box? I do remember the box. When yes. they actually would actually give you the schedule. That way you kind of had an idea yeah. of what's coming up. And you could request songs by calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I do remember the box. Uh, that was, that was like a big part of my childhood. It was just sitting at home all day and watching videos come in. Yeah, Some yeah. weird videos. Like it was a lot of Eiffel 65. And um, what was that song? Oh, the Bloodhound Gang, You and Me, Baby, oh Ain't Nothing God, But Mammals. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so much of that. And but I mean, think of how, like a lot of Shakira Ojos Así. Yes. Oh my God, man, that that video made me a man. Um, it, was, it was a, it was she was gorgeous in that video. Oh God, you're, <laughs> you son of a bitch. We should probably give a disclaimer that you're going to be like blowing your nose and drinking water a lot throughout the day. Well, like, that, well, excuse me. Well, um. The uh, the listeners out there appreciate you soldiering on, but yeah. you know what's you're, not, you're gonna try to make me laugh all the time because you're going to get a coughing attack. What's funny about the box and MTV is like, mm-hmm. do you understand that when we tell people ten years younger than us that we watch music videos by oh we'd sit down we'd sit around all day and you know we'd wait for our favorite song to come on and they they're gonna think we're Amish like wait you can't just like type in any music video you want and it immediately appears. Whenever you want to see it, anytime, twenty four hours a day, like what's the <laughs> right? Yeah, and then and then people like who were kind of like our age in the nineties, but they may you know their previous generation, like in the eighties when it was first coming up, they're kind of like, well, at least your videos had quicker rotation times. You know, you wanted to see like a freaking like Megadeth, Metallica, Maiden video back in like nineteen eighty seven. You had to wait two days mm-hmm. before it cycled back. That's right. You know, but yeah, man, those are the days. Yeah. Maybe one of those hard rock songs that you like gets to number ten on TRL. I was gonna say because <laughs> I mean the most that was on ever TRL was usually Blink One Eighty Two, yeah, Smash Mouth, yeah, and I guess Limp Biscuit. Um, yeah. and they were always number ten because nine through one is going to be Backstreet Boys and Sync, Britney NSYNC, Spears and Christina yeah. Aguilera. So, yeah. but you know, but so but JP is going to tell us a lot about like how video is changing for right. indie artists. So it's going to be a super important segment for you to listen to. Please stick around for that. Before we get to JP. Uh, couple more pieces that we want to share with you uh interesting Ooh. things that are happening uh oh yes in the entertainment I think industry we, actually, we also and, and also for you i think we have our first genuine plug i mean yeah i mean with the exception of just like the book that i've been plugging for i know but we actually have like a plug like an event yes we do have an event so um i'm pretty excited to, to announce this but if you're in the miami south florida area i guess specifically coral gables but if you're in the south florida area thursday july 7th at 2016 at 6.30 p.m., I would love to see you. I will be uh, doing an author event at the Books and Books in Coral Gables, 265 Aragon Avenue, uh, 33134. Um, so I will be giving this event. I'm going to be giving a talk. I'm going to be meeting people, um, signing books, I guess. I've never done an author guess, event before. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do with these things? Yeah. But no, it's going to be fun. We'll have like refreshments, and um, I-, I love to meet everybody who wants to come. Are there going to be refreshments? Do you know that for a fact? Punch and pie, sure. Okay, I don't know. I'll bring. I feel it, like you got. I'll, I'll bring a six pack of something. We'll make a day. You got to tighten up this plug up. You, 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 don't you? Aren't you listening to like com- comedians that like, give plugs? No, on, no, on no. Podcast. I, I completely agree. I'm totally bombing okay. this. Like, like, help me sell it. Like, what's the? Like, All right. Like, give me the. All pitch, right, everyone man. out there. If you're going to be in the Miami area, July seventh, 
uh, coming up. Come on down to Books and Books in Coral Gables for Ryan Carella's author event. You can hear him speak about his book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Uh, I'll have a little talk. You can Afterwards, you can uh, meet Ryan. If you want, he'll sign your book for you. Maybe. If you don't, who knows? That'll maybe drive down the value. But again, uh, <laughs> July 7th, uh, Books and Books in Coral Gables. Come on down. We'd love to see you there. That was amazing. Yeah, that's not that why hard. Could, why couldn't I have just done that? You did that so... like. I'm conceding right now. What I just did was, was like the worst yeah. plug ever. Like that was bad. And what I did was amazing. And you crushed it. Yeah. You knocked it. Like thank I God should, you're here. I man. should be your manager. Oh. <laughs> Let's sign a contract right now. Well, um, you know, yes. Come you, on. You do it right now. Do it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, that was that was uh, that was very kind. And, and are you going to be there? Like, yeah, of course I'm going to be okay. there. I don't know if you have some more important to be. No, 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 no. I've got nothing to. Do. I've got nothing to do. And uh, also, I, I'm going to try to make sure I don't steal the spotlight. I'm going to try. <laughs> I feel make like sure I don't steal it. Here's the thing, though. Like, yes. If if we if this bit gets podcast fans to come to the show, they're going to be far more excited to see you than me. That's great. Well, you know, again, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll be in the Miami. I mean, you know, if you're not, man, just take the trip down. It's July. You know, it's Miami. Now's the time to come on down here. It's hot. Maybe a little too hot. It's kind of It's like the worst hot. time to come to yeah. Miami. But, you know, hey. It's hot and there are hurricanes. Maybe, come watch my author events. Maybe we could all, we can get our, our show favorites coming. Maybe the droids can come down. Maybe Mary Jennings can come down. Maybe Mary Amber can come all the way from Australia. Yeah, that'd be cool. Although, for her first trip to the United States, to just come for you. That'd be kind of weird. Um who else? Who else do we like? Other people. I feel yeah. bad right now. Um, JP Collier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everyone, come on down. Pack uh, the books and books. Again, that's books and books and Coral Gables. Check your local listings. July 17th. July 7th. Not 17th. July, July 7th, 7th, 2016 at 6.30 p.m. They know it's 2016. It'd be a little weird. That's fair point. If you're, if this is a 13 month out event, I'm so bad at blogging myself. I'm so glad you're here, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I got to listen to other podcasts. I listen to Doug Bunsen plug everything. You know, again, if you want, to go to booksandbooks.com for all the details. Well done. All right. So uh, before uh, we got JP Kaleo coming up next. Uh, first, I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, the Berkeley Institute for Creative Entrepreneurship, as well as MIT, are creating something called the Open Music Initiative. That's the Berkeley... Oh, it's Berkeley, like music Berkeley, not hippie California Berkeley. Oh, okay. Berkeley with two E's at the end. That's a thing? Yeah, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Oh. Okay. It's like a really important oh, music school. I don't know. Don't say that to me like that. I don't know. What do I know? Why would I know? I don't know what the, the music college music scene is. It's the music college scene is. Not the college music scene. I don't know both. Scene. I don't know both, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they're, they're a very prestigious school. And of course, you've heard of MIT, you know, in Boston. You know, they, they do a lot of tech things Oh, yeah, there. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, yeah. <laughs> Mitt Romney. But, um, but, um, yeah, actually, that's MITT. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, oh, Mitt. go. Yeah, okay. Remember, I'm here to derail you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing a great job. So um, it's, it's an interesting initiative they're trying to build. So one of the... One of the biggest uh, problems in the music industry right now for both indie artists as well as major label artists is that there is no one place where you can go to to find out who all the rights holders are for a song and how to make sure they're comp compensated. So if you want to use a song in a movie, in a TV show, maybe you want to license it for something or use it for some kind of event, it can be a real pain in the butt to find out who you need to talk to. Like sometimes you can find the publisher and then you're contacting people and they, and they bounce you off to somebody else. And, and maybe you get one rights holder on the phone for the song, but you don't get the other rights holders and that creates all kinds of problems. And it would be really cool if there was essentially just an IMDB uh -huh. for songs that gave you all the licensing information you needed. The copyright office doesn't have this information. It does not really. Well, what if you don't have your song copywritten? 
And oh. it's not going to tell you who like the publishing contact is, who the label contact is. Um, yeah, I mean, the copyright office is woefully. And first of all, that website's impossible to search. It's, oh, okay. it's I mean, like, I don't think they've updated that website since the beginning of the copyright office in 1791. Um, I know that seems surprising. Well, to that you, must be that, a very slow website. Thing. Yes, yes, low, really low bandwidth. Like it's it, the website is powered by one of those like water wheels. Yeah, <laughs> a Fulton steam invention. So yeah, um, and but it's but and and this has been attempted before because mm-hmm. as as great as this sounds, it's really hard to do. Well, in it's, practice. A, it's a grandiose idea. It's incredibly yeah. grandiose, and there have been many attempts. All of them have failed. The reason why people think that this one, the Open Music Initiative, has a shot is there are a lot of big players. Mm-hmm. You got the Berkeley Institute for Creative Entrepreneurship. You got MIT. You have labels involved. You have all these other music industry professionals involved. They're trying to get like ASCAP and BMI. This doesn't work without those two organizations, but right. they're trying to get all of them in there. And but still, it's a lot of information to compile. But you know, I want to support this because it's it's a, it could be a big deal and it could be huge for indie artists. Because it could kind of put, if, if this is just like a general website where every song is, mm-hmm. it puts them on the same level playing field as any other artist, you know, label or non. But, but again, these have to be copyrighted works, correct? Not necessarily. No? If there's a way to just have the database where, you know, because, I mean, the database can be independent of copyright. Because, right. I mean, as we've discussed on this show, you don't need to register a work for it to be copyrighted. Right. You don't need to, but as we but said, you better freaking do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, okay, but, but I see what you're saying, though. It, you, you don't need to have the copyright in order to get on here. Putting it on there in itself will serve as the notice of, here's the work that's been created. Well, and, and here's how to get in touch with the people you need to get in touch with right. to make sure everybody needs to get paid. Here's my fear with this, though, and it's uh-huh. my fear with anything, any kind of major music initiative, whether it's creating Spotify or this kind of initiative, is I'm afraid that it's going to fall into the wrong hands and only favor music's 1%. Like, you get this thing, Spotify. Oh, Spotify, great idea, streaming service. Mm-hmm. But then the execution gets screwed up because they built all these things into Spotify where the labels get, the label, the labels get more than the artists do. Like, right. they, you know, they screw up the execution. And, and I'd be afraid of something like this happening, too, where maybe the information exclusively falls into the hands of the industry's 1%. It's not open source, for example. Like, maybe you need, like, to pay a lot of money and have a giant membership account to be a part of this mm-hmm. um, instead of it just being purely open access. Well, that's interesting. It, it, you know, then hopefully because of these are, if, the, if, the, if it's two universities spearheading this and maybe some more come on board, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe then it can just be a, a library, just a public library, you know, depository for these songs and works and different information. In a perfect world. And I think, you know, the, the website, this Open Music Initiative website, which is still, like, it doesn't have a lot of specifics on it yet because this mm-hmm. has just been announced and there's a lot of work that has to be done. Like, this could take years. Right. It's still incubating, um, yeah. But, the, but what they have written makes it sound like that's what this is going to be, a library. Like, mm-hmm. something that anybody can go to and it, and it will put everybody on a level playing field. But you know how things go. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you get all these, like, label stakeholders involved, they're going to be like, look, if you want us in this, you're going to need to give us some special treatment in this. And hmm. allow us to kind of do things to it that favor us at the expense of indie artists. I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. I'm hoping that um, hmm. the the sense of fairness and equality is what takes hold in this. And so, what I would recommend to all the indie artists out there is keep your eye on this this OMI thing because this could be a big deal for you. And be a part of this movement to speak out to make sure that this very useful thing that could emerge from this does not fall into the wrong hands and that didn't and it does not put you on a second-class citizen standing relative to other labels and artists. 
that's just like falling to the wrong hands. Almost make it sound like it's the Genesis device. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. from Wrath of Khan, and yeah. you don't want it to be fall into uh, well, Khan's hands. Yeah. Well, that's yes. I we the basically the major labels are Archon, Archon, and are these super are Thanos? You know, yeah. getting the Infinity Stone. Yeah, these super humanoid uh, yeah. beings with uh, evil in their hearts, with only one goal. Yes, yeah. and we want we want the, uh, you know. Infinity Stone. What was the one from Wrath of Khan? The Genesis, Genesis device. device. We yeah. want. We want everybody to have it. Yes. Like, oh, Berkeley College of Music. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. That was Khan. Yeah. No, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Um, all right. So that's that. That and we're, we're and and and, I, and I'll make this promise to you, the listener. We're going to continue to follow this, and I want to try to get some folks from the Open Music Initiative to come on the show. Mm-hmm. And explain themselves, yeah. and to actually address the concerns that we've discussed, right. just to kind of you know maybe we can play a small role in keeping right. these folk honest. Do they have a website again? I'm sorry if I missed. They do again. indeed. Um, let me. I can pull it up for you here. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, I just caught you off yeah. guard here. Don't okay, worry. I got. I got it. Don't worry. Open musicorg All right. So open musicorg That's where you can find them. Um, it made me look bad that I didn't have it up, but that's cool because that's still important information for the listener to well, have. Well, that, that's why I'm here. Yeah, much appreciated. Yeah. All right, J.P. Kaleo coming up next. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. He is a Finnish-born singer-songwriter from Dublin, Ireland. He is a well-known voice in independent music for his prolific song creation, as well as his popular daily video blog. He also writes and releases a new song every week, and you can check them all out at jpcalio.bandcamp.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Music. Ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to have joining us on the podcast again, Calio. On the Break the Business podcast. Hi, JP. How's it going? How you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm doing great. It is so excellent to hear from you again, my friend. We love your music around here, and our fans do too. Let me be real with you. I'll I'll uh, I'll go ahead and just you know let you peek behind the curtain and see the business side of this. But your last appearance on our show back in 2015 was one of our podcast's most popular episodes. Uh, so wow. Yeah, no, you were a hit, man. People really enjoy talking to you because your music is great, but you're also funny and you do some really cool stuff. Uh, people learn a lot from your uh, your experience and your career. Uh, what have you been up to in your career since we had you on last? Uh, a lot. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy year. And actually, it was time to do kind of a catch-up on, like, kind of mental catch-up at the end of uh, last year of the whole process of, like, when I started releasing the songs, um, which was in the beginning of 2014. And uh, at that point, the idea was to do just the 52 songs and see what happens. Um, then get to the end of the year, 2015 is like I have to continue this and uh, now we're like two and a half years into it and I kind of had the feeling that like in the beginning it was like just from the kind of growth phase that like you kind of you're kind of trying to find your footing in the 
wherever you are. Like even that I've been a musician for like 20 years, but like doing it kind of on your own. And then the end of last year, and I think it was to do with the vlogs that I kind of started feeling that I've kind of found my own voice more than before. Um, and kind of, yeah, the vlogs are a great way of kind of getting to tell you a story um, in more detail and share it with other people. And it really, it really has have effects on. I can even see the effect it has on songwriting as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the the vlogs have kept me busy for starters. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about that because yep. I think that's awesome. In 2015, you started a a daily video blog daily. Yep. My God, a, a vlog, if you will. Uh, it, yep. it recently had its 216th installment. What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yep. A, a, it's not something I see from a lot of indie artists, but it seems like it'd be a cool way for artists to express themselves and to build fan engagement. I certainly enjoy watching them. Uh, can you tell the listeners out there the sort of stuff that you talk about on your vlog e- each day? I was going to say each week, but no, this isn't. This is each day. Yeah, it's, it's every day. <laughs> um, it's I've been asked that a few times by people, and it's it's I try not to define it too much because it it, it is. It's more kind of taking them the, the the audience with me on my journey as a you know singer songwriter musician um, and whatever kind of the life throws at me in the moment. So there's a, there's a fair bit of um, traveling, which this is actually the longest thing that I've stayed in Dublin now. But usually I'm like I'm I'm either on the road or just doing my own trips all the time. Um, so there's a fair bit of traveling there. Um, I definitely try to involve people in in the way that they can see the process of me doing the weekly songs. So I try to get a different kind of angles on the songwriting, the day that I do the songwriting and try to talk about the songwriting and give people, you know, hopefully some inspiration through that. And then this one day that I do the recording of the song. So that's always a kind of, you can always find a different angles of that uh, to you know, give them people something that you, I maybe could teach them about the recording process, and I kind of I think people just enjoy seeing that process of the song being made even before they can hear the final product. Absolutely. Um, and then, then obviously, like one of the vlogs of the year week, I talk about that week's song in more detail and kind of what my thoughts were about the song. Um, but in between, there's just there's a lot of just my life. You know, walking around the streets of Dublin. Um, you know, going to shops, going to going for the run in the morning, and just uh, everything, everything and anything in between. You know. Yeah, it's a, an important thing for artists to remember: is your fans, they love to know about your process, how you create things, and how you you know put your creative endeavors together. And they also want to know just about you. Um, you know, in the exactly. old music industry, it was all about you know being polished. You know, having the the perfectly created pictures that were made by professional photographers and everything was sleek and polished and fake but now fans want access they want you know they want to know what you're always up to and it doesn't have to be polished and perfect they they want stuff that's raw they want to feel like you're part of you know their life your life and you know and you're giving it to a man that's so cool um you're a prolific content creator i mean i don't know how you do the i mean the I mean I, I do the a weekly podcast and like I'm feeling it, but you're doing weekly songs and daily videos. You produce a ton of material, yeah. and you know, particularly with regard to this daily vlog, like I just got to know how do you honestly how do you find the time? 
<laughs> uh, it can be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I won't lie to you; it can be a struggle. But at the same time, it's um, I have the camera with me all the time, and you just kind of try to capture those snippets of. It, they can be the most craziest things. Like you, you might be standing in a traffic lights and uh, you know trying to cross the streets, and you're just filming the cars passing by, and it becomes a kind of a, a changing scene from one to another. And you meet some people. Some people. Some people are really cool about being in the vlogs, and other people are kind of a little, little bit shy. Um, and and you kind of see that there's a there's a core group of people in the past kind of those two hundred vlogs that kind of became a more part of the vlog as well. Um, so there's always things when you meet them during the day, and and then then as I said, like if I'm in a studio recording or, or rehearsing or writing songs, and you just set up the camera and let it go, and you grab the best bits out of it, you know. What kind of camera do you use? Is this your phone, or do you have something separate? I started with a with an iPhone. Um, I have to, I have still have the iPhone six, and I started with that, um, and it was great, and it was it was exactly the way it's supposed to be in the beginning. That <clears throat> it was there, and so I had no excuse not to do it. Um, but then, just before Christmas, I upgraded. So I got the Canon G seven X. Yeah, uh, which is great camera. Great camera, and the reason why I got it was because the, there's no there wasn't any image stabilization in the. Um, iPhone at the time, so it was started to do my head in that it was a bit shaky here and there. And since then, um, I I had a earlier on a year I had a birthday, and a uh, few friends of mine kind of saw what I was doing, and they uh, they got me a couple of GoPros, which was uh, great to have, and it's been, which have been really really great for like if I'm filming a gig or something like that, so I can have a few different angles. Um, while we're capturing it, but uh, I can already feel myself kind of growing a little bit out of the Canon G7X, even though it's a great camera and I'll have it with me no matter what happens. But uh, I, I think uh, soon enough I'm going to have to invest in a little bit more uh, fancier DSLR. Oh yeah, that, 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 I think that usually tends to be the uh, the final frontier for folks who are doing what you're it, doing. Is they they all all roads lead to the DSLR? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it just gives you a little bit more. Uh, flexibility in the, and like you, the, the creative uh, elements of it can be just a little bit more fine-tuned you know well yeah I'll, i want to dip into the production elements of this more like uh, how are you able to do just all of the production for your vlog so quickly to allow you to get these things up each day <laughs> um like what software do you use like when do you find the day time of day to use yeah. it that kind of stuff it, it, it's it's been a learning curve um i and I, here's the thing: I, I probably would have done something similar a lot earlier, um, but I only like I only got my first uh, MacBook Pro just I think a year before I started doing the vlogs, and and I don't want to get into any of the arguments about Macs and PCs, but it's it's video editing is just so much easier on a Mac. Oh yeah, no argument here. <laughs> and um, and like it. it Kind of got to the point that the, the the tools and the technology was there for it to be easy enough and fast enough that that you could do it without it becoming a absolutely massive chore. So I started editing with a uh, iMovie, which um, which is a great way to start. Uh, but it, it it does kind of there are limitations in it, and it can be a bit slow to work with it. So um, 
about a month ago i got the the trial version of the final card pro x which is uh, i think it's going to be running out in about a week's time which i'm already trading but uh so i'm probably gonna to have to uh drop the money on that one because it, it is a fantastic software and i i can see the process of making the vlogs becoming a much much quicker um by using it and and it, there's a certain elements of creativity like you can you can fine-tune where the with the, the links between the, the video and the music much much quicker and uh yeah it's, it's absolutely fantastic software boy you're definitely on the right track because the the video creators that i know you know who just make like regular youtube videos their story sounds exactly like yours i started on <laughs> yeah. my phone uh, i moved up to a, a higher uh, you know a more quality camera and now i have a dslr and you're like i yeah, started yeah, yeah, on yeah. imovie and now I'm doing Final Cut. Like that's exactly like what you've said is exactly what all these YouTube creators say. So you're on the right path. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to be like that. Uh, it's an expensive path, unfortunately, but it's it's the yes, way to go for sure. Yes, it is. But at the same time, like at the end of the day, they're just tools. You know, they're tools that help you help you to create. Um, and it's it's the same in music as well. Like you you do have to sometimes invest in equipment. Like yeah. But, there's no way around it. But there's nothing wrong with sort of, you know, waiting until whatever this, whatever thing you're doing becomes more established before you invest exactly. in the high tech equipment. And none, like the number one, that, and the number two is that, that like, this, the more simple your equipment is in the beginning part, the more you learn the basics of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't, you know, you're not thinking about the, the, the fancier parts of uh, your your camera working or your you know even distortion pedals or your recording software because you're just concentrating on the just getting the basics of it done and i think that's a really important part of the journey that you have to do that you have to go through the basics and see how it uh see learn it that way you know yeah that's exactly right so now let me put this hypothetical in front of you you know you're you're out in the world you know you're meeting people and you know an artist approaches you and just says hey i love what you're doing with your vlog i would love to do something like this myself and so other than the stuff that we've already discussed here in this interview uh what other sort of tips might you give that artist who would be considering doing something like this you know i actually get a little bit um annoyed is the wrong word but frustrated about this because i do get asked that once in a while <laughs> and, and 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 then i gave them the advice and they do nothing with it <laughs> Oh, no. And I, and I bet you've seen it as well. I bet you've seen it, the artists that you talk to that you kind of give them advice and nothing happens, you know? Oh, all the time, sure. And so my usually when they when they tell me that I'd like to do something similar is my first advice is to do it. Just do it, like, you know? And, and, like, I remember the first interview when I was talking to you, we were talking about the process of the songwriting, and I said um, the amazing thing that I figured out in the process was that when you do something more, you get better at it. Yeah, and it's exactly the same thing with promoting music. Same thing with with these vlogs. Like, my video skills are going through the roof compared to what it was in the beginning, and and I'm I'm only looking forward to it getting better and better and better and better. And you've said it so many times over the over the uh, the course of your your blog, uh, the the podcast, and it's mentioned in your books as well. The importance of the video, and. Uh, you're you're the, you're the kind of same way than I am that we kind of scour the internet for the latest information and even like on a business side of things, it's it's been on the wall that like 2016 is the year for the video content and that's where everything is heading at the moment and so I I think any artist like you know pick up your mobile phone and start filming something like I I think it's such an important part of uh, uh, 
the journey these days as an as a musician. Yeah, no, you are so right. The it's something we emphasize a lot on this show, which is you know, and it, it whenever we have one of these hyper creators like you on, where people will always ask, um, how are you able to create so much good stuff, but create but while still creating so much of it? And the answer is. You know, folks like you are able to create so much good stuff because you create so much of it. Creativity yeah. is a muscle. It gets stronger the more you use it. And conversely, it atrophies with non-use. Um, yeah. I, I always say that I, I always um, prefer uh, progress over perfection. And I think there's so many great things uh, get left behind because we're trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Like, like like sometimes there has to be element of rawness and just just get it out there and move on to the next thing just get it out there and keep on doing and keep on doing and keep on doing and they will get better you know yeah no. nobody's nobody's perfect like in the very beginning <laughs> well um i would love right now to show some of the listeners here the fruits of your creative process we got your latest song uh, ready to play here uh, live to fight another day I'm so stoked. Um, And it's coming up right now on the Break the Business Podcast. Baby, don't you go to downtown tonight. I can still see your fever running high I can still see the clouds behind your eyes I can still see the wounded healing bright Baby, I can see the anger in your face Your own man deserves what's coming his way But you ain't just yet ready to make him pay you better live to fight another day. Day. 
to fight another day by Jakey, JP Gallio here on the Break the Business Podcast. Man, the things that you can do with an acoustic guitar, JP. <laughs> uh, Thank you very much. And Thank so you. y'all can find that song as well as all of other JP's weekly song creations at JP Gallio. That's J-P-K-A-L-L-I-O.bandcamp.com. So you really like Bandcamp as your uh, music distribution service of choice. So wh- why did you uh, lean towards that platform? Well, here's the thing. Um, there's, there's a company called, um, I think they pronounced AWOL.com. Uh, in, uh, they're based in the UK, and they're a really great distribution company for digital content. And But this kind of applies to any digital distribution company. And, and I think you kind of talked about a little bit in your book as well, that you kind of have to – it's not that you have to watch uh, what you sign away, but uh, I um, part of the agreement is that they – they kind of collect your royalties of all over internet. And as far as I understand, uh, with my limited knowledge, is the way it works is that they take your song and they make some sort of uh, digital information out of it so that it registers wherever on the internet comes up and then they go after it. Okay, we need to get our money back from that. Um, As a result, um, a lot of the older stuff that I have... um, if I put use my own songs uh, in in my YouTube videos, uh, it registers as a, a copyright claim, which is it's not that big of a problem. I can go back to the the distribution company and tell them that you know actually that's my video, so back off. I infringed but, myself. It's cool. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, but but it, but it becomes a little bit of a time consuming, and I'm all about like how can I get you know the most bang for buck like how can i do something the quickest possible without with the least amount of uh delays on the way so i kind of got to- thinking about it a little bit like all the, the whole idea of me releasing an al- album because it ends up being like four albums a year it was like am i releasing this because people want to have the albums or am i releasing because i feel that i have to have an album and i thought about it and i kind of went like actually i'm releasing the song a week so if people want the songs they can go after the songs individually so what I did was I decided to only put them up on uh, Bandcamp and where people can either get them for free or they can decide to pay whatever they want. And as a result, and now I have about 40 songs at the moment and the list is growing. And I set up a page on my website for those songs as well, which I use completely for other YouTubers that they can go and download those songs and they can use them for their own videos. And all I'm looking for is just a, you know, Great. Give me a couple of a couple of links back and credits, yeah. And um, because I noticed that that's also for a lot of other YouTubers, that's a big problem finding um, music that they can use. And you know, hey, if I can help on that, why not? And you know, to me, it's another just another avenue to get my music out there. You know, 
Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through what you went through with that uh, distribution service. It's, it can be uh, tough out there. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not it's not as big of a problem as some of the stories that you've you've told before. Like, it, like I mean, it, it's a deal where I can pull out of it at any stage if I want because it's. Um, I didn't sign up anything in in that sense. It's, it's more of a service than than anything else. So I I can actually back out of it if I want to, but they're doing a good job at what they do. But at the same time, I'm happy to have. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have enough material that I can have a certain amount of them not to be distributed that way, and I can try different avenues. And the band campus has been great. In that sense, I really enjoy using it. Yeah, it's really cool to see what artists have been able to do with. Uh, Bandcamp, uh, TuneCore, CD Baby, uh, organizations like that. Yeah, exactly. um, it's it's a it's a cool place, and I think for for somebody like you that you know it's a hyper creator, a Bandcamp is is really the best kind of platform because it's most flexible with being able to put out a lot of stuff very quickly. Uh, Jason, exactly. um, it's been a treat having you on. I mean, we you know it's I, here. <laughs> I, I, I could I could have you on uh, so much more often because you're you're terrific. Um, before we let you go this week. Uh, I think the listeners are particularly interested in the final question we tend to give to artists, which is, um, do you have any other uh, tips you'd want to share with the artists out there to help them move their careers forward? Oh yeah. Get Ryan's book. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I'm, I, I got, I got the pleasure of reading it before it came out. And I have to say it's, as I said before that I, I, I wish somebody would have given me that book 10 years ago because it's just, it's cover to cover just, it's so up to date, and so much of the information you, you get on get on the internet about music business is so out of date. Like I'm sure you've seen it as well. Like it's ridiculous. Like how much still people are trying to push you the old model. Um, like when you tell somebody that actually you're not interested in in a, any kind of record contract, they they look at you like you have three heads. Like why wouldn't you? <laughs> Definitely, it's the best way to go. It's like no, it's not. It's like it's pretty much the end of your career if unless you hit it really, really big time, which the chances of that happening are so minuscule that you're better off playing lotto, you know? Yeah, man. Um, apart from that, I think, like, it's easy for me to say because I've done it, but um, the thing is get uh, get out and create content and put content out all the time. Like, make a, some sort of plan that you put at least something out once a week. Like at least, whether it's a video, whether it's a new song, new recording, whatever it is, because people want to hear from you, but if they don't hear from you, they forget about you. Simple as that. And then it does become a numbers game. The more content you got out there, the the bigger chance there are people come across it and bigger chance that people actually might like something that you do. Um, So that's definitely a big, big one. Just get out and do as much content as you can. And the other thing I've noticed is uh, there's a lot to be said for being, you know, consistent, persistent, and not giving up. Uh, a lot of these things do take a long time to to build. Um, you hear people doing it for six months and being disappointed that nothing happened and kind of like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> you, got, you got a long run ahead of you and you just got to keep on doing it. And which, which brings back to probably the, 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 the biggest point that whatever it is you do, you have to love it um, because you have to do it for the love of it first. Um, and if you do enough of something that you love and you get good at it, maybe you'll get paid somewhere along the line. But if you start with the idea of that, okay, I'm going to make a lot of money out of doing this, I don't think you're going to get really, really good at it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, J- JP, it has been a pleasure as always. Um, thank you so much for joining us. 
And thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to our good friend, J.P. Collio, for joining us in the previous segment. Be sure to check out his website, jpkalliomusic.com. Um, I'll let people peek behind the curtain, Dave. Like We actually uh-huh. did that interview earlier in the day. Uh, you weren't feeling well. You were super no, no, no. sick, yeah. and so you couldn't be here for it. And I mean, that kind of breaks my heart because I know how much you like him, too. Oh, yeah. He's a great dude. He's, he's a yeah, yeah. you know, super nice guy, You know, charming dude. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I like his accent. Yeah. Makes, yeah. makes me smile. Um, but, Whoops. uh, yeah, but that's, um, I hope we can have him on again. Um, if for no other reason that like people like his advice a lot and yeah, yeah. the numbers tend to be really good when he comes on, <laughs> but, um, and he's also a super nice dude. He, uh, when, when my book came out, Dave, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this cause this was a few months ago when my book originally came out, he actually did a vlog about it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like he, he talked about, about how yeah, much yeah. he read it and. Well, that's uh, good. Yeah, JP, thanks. Yeah, yeah no, he's the best. Um, so we teased this in the uh-huh. previous segment, and I think people want to know just how your trip was. Because oh, you yeah, weren't yeah, here yeah, this past right. week, you're in Montreal, and now yeah. you're back. Oh, by the way, thanks, Evan and Elisa, for filling in. It's funny, I actually thought they were here. I didn't realize, you know, you're going to get them on the show for the for the D-Block. Yeah, we. I, I needed somebody to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I liked in your opening, I always said, like, oh, he always takes, like, the most amazing trips and everything. I'm like, yeah, th- thanks, man. Appreciate that. You, yeah. you're, you're a traveling man. Well, you know, um. Um, it's, it's just me out there. I'm a single dude, and that's that's what I do. I hit the road whenever I want to. If there's something cool coming up, you know, in August, I'm going to be going to Minneapolis for the weekend just to see Metallica. September, nice. I'm going to be going, you know, Southern California for that, you know, mm-hmm. metal festival I told you about, the OzFest meets NotFest. Yeah. I already had to send in the email for LA Podfest to try to see if I can get a refund or transfer the ticket. <laughs> I think they're saying, by the way, they don't do refunds, but I'd much rather than at least transfer the ticket to someone because I know those tickets are selling fast. And as a fan, I'm like, all right, well, I, I want someone to go. You know, um, I, 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 it, was a, it was a good event last year, so I'm like, oh, I just want someone to be able to enjoy it, man. That's how much, you know, I love this community. I just want someone to be able to have fun, you know? I feel like we should have, like, a sweepstakes on the show to get your LA Podfest ticket. Well, this then we could do that, or if they just want to pay me face value for it too, I also so yeah, so I, I want people to have fun, but I also like money. That'll be um, the sweepstakes. Who will be the winner? Who will have the chance to pay face value for Dave's LA Podfest ticket? Face value? Is that what you said? I didn't say face value. What'd you say? Well, we never discussed that. But oh, I thought you I'm, just did. You just I'm, say face value. I'm willing to make a profit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, so, the winner will have the opportunity to give Dave a tidy profit. Yeah. Um, market yeah. value for his L.A. Podfest ticket. You know, I mean, I don't work for a major law firm. I mean, <laughs> and really the prize is just them being able to say that you had this ticket at one point. It was like that episode of Seinfeld where George gets the car driven by John Voight. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The people be like, you know, this ticket was... David yeah, yeah, Case, yeah. famous podcasting legend. And by the way, you're going to have to get yourself out to Los Angeles and figure out lodgings. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's at the Beverly Hills off Hotel. There's a group rate, but it's still not cheap. Yeah, well, that's the disclaimer. <laughs> Travel and lodging not included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to pay more than face value for the ticket. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so yeah, I was up in Montreal uh, 
for uh, the Canadian Grand Prix, my first ever live Grand Prix. Um, I'm a big fan of Formula One racing, the pinnacle of motorsport, I believe, and well, I think most people believe. It's no Pinewood Derby, but... No, yeah, I, I'm not into NASCAR. I, I, I can't get into it. Really, Formula One is my only motorsport that I follow. Um, so I was up there for like, what, like Thursday to Monday, man, and... Um, yeah, it was just great the whole weekend. Just, you know, the roars of the engines. There's also the support rate. Besides Formula One, they had the uh, Ferrari Challenge. There was a bunch of just people in their Ferraris. Actually, some from, like, local dealers down south in, here in Miami. Uh, Porsche GT3. Yeah. Um, and uh, Formula 1600, by the way. I love, you're not looking. You're not making eye, tact, eye contact with me. You're looking off somewhere else, just <laughs> wondering when this is going to end because you have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. You have uh, no frame of reference, nothing. You're staring off. I mean, was I that obvious? Yeah, because you weren't looking at me. It's obvious. You're not wearing, you're wearing sunglasses. You're, I'm trying to figure out over here on, on your desk what it is. You're looking, there's a Superman over there, maybe. Uh, no. There's my hat. There's a ho- whoops, some ba- There's a Hawkman figurine. For some reason, um, I don't know. Anyway, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun for me to do this thing for myself. No, no, my I re- first ever time doing this uh, race. I really weekend. enjoyed hearing about your trip. You just you you just got into the Formula One weeds a little bit. And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who don't did, enjoy no, Formula One. Excuse me, I did not get I in just, the weeds. If you want me to get in the weeds, I will get in the weeds. Okay, all right, listen. So it was it was 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which is pr- um, very unseasonably cold, which is why I got the fucking cold. I'm sorry, whoops. Um, <laughs> but also that means track temperature, especially oh, on um, you know Saturday and Sunday was not what it, what it is. So obviously, you know, you need the tires to be warm. All right, now Pirelli on that day uh, augmented the ultra soft, the super soft, and the soft tires as the three racing compounds. Now the Soft being the yellow, the yellow wall soft tires were the prime tire, which by according by the F1 re- regulations must be used. You then have the option; you can use either the ultra soft or the super soft. Oh, either one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and this is a new thing this year with the, with the uh, with the the ultra soft. Now that you have the choice between three, last year there was just the choice of two, so you had the prime and the option, but really there was no there really was no option because you had to use both. I deserve this. Exactly. So and you got to get tire temperature up, and, and you know I think tire deg was a little bit different this time around because you know, Montreal is a is a heavy is a, is a high speed circuit that which also means heavy braking because you've got straights with the chicanes. Do you know what a chicane is, Ryan? Which answer can I give that will have you not explain it to me? So, okay. All right. Fine. Anyway, Lewis Hamilton won. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel was in two. Actually, uh, Valtteri Bottas came in three. It's his first podium since uh, last year. Anyway, really, really great stuff. I was at the start finish for the actual race um, day and everything. It was just really, really cool. He's so many people there. Um, and, but then also, so in, in, in Montreal is just a beautiful city. I highly recommend everyone to go there. It is absolutely amazing. It is an international city, a very diversity with so many things to do. So this was Grand Prix weekend, right? Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's like pretty much it. No, no, no. That weekend, and also even up to this weekend, it's this 10-day event called Franco Folies, or Franco Folies, put on by Sirius XM, Ford, some other local big sponsors. And they take basically the Place d'Art, and they have like... What did you do there? Place d'Art? No, 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 no. You didn't just... I'm pretty sure listeners caused this. You didn't just plaza de art me, which, by the way, because well, like, it's like, not that's not plaza de art, Ryan. No, no, I I, I understand. You and, rube. And, and we can and we can try to go back to the tape to prove it. You America you, first. You didn't just plaza de art us, okay? You like you <laughs> you gave like a, a a head start on the Frenchifying of your speech because you actually started Frenching it before you got to plaza de art. 
I, wait, man, whatever. It's I respect the Quebec and French culture. All right, I'm not going up there going bonjour. You were like Frenchies. Like you went, you didn't say like we got to the Plaza. De, you said we got to the Plaza. De, uh, I don't like think you I already, did that. You did. I don't think you I did. did I did not do that. Oh man, whatever. Um. <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, but the, the section yeah along the uh, Rue Saint Catherine and uh, Barry and everything was uh, closed to traffic. Oh bummer. And um, <laughs> I hate you. Um, <coughs> damn it! See, stop. Sorry, sorry. Can't make um, you laugh. No. Um, they had like stages set up throughout this entire complex. This is like they have like their arts complex, uh, uh, the, the university. Um, I can't I think it's like the the Quebec or the Montreal University UCAM UQAM is down there. Okay, and they basically have like stages all set up, and they had from like seven p.m. to like maybe one a.m. Just bands and artists playing. Oh my god, the music scene must there must be pretty great. It's, it's it was great. It's like all basically a celebration of like uh, Quebec uh, music. Um, what? Oh no, I was just thinking how funny it is that like you did the racing thing, right? I'm glazed over. And by the way, I think we have like a new segment now where whenever I glaze over, when you're talking about something you like, I call you out. You should call me out and then well, do, punish me by getting deep into the weeds on that yeah. topic as you did. But like you were talking about your formula one thing and I was like, I switched off, but then you brought up the music festival and I got right back into the game. Yeah. And now you know, I'm like, yes, let's hear all about the yeah, music. What, what a great friend you are. Not supporting my <laughs> things that I like. <laughs> Only waiting until it's something that you like. Sorry. Muck. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yes. A whole bunch of like really cool like local acts and, and probably some some indie artists, but also maybe some people have been around. Like this guy, uh, Yves Lambert, uh, has been around for like 40 years. And it was like it's like sort of Quebec folk music. I guess he had, he's had different bands, different iterations. You know, he was he had his uh, basically like an accordion he was playing. Also, one guy had like the, uh, you know, like the Snoopy, like the mouth harp. The mouth harp. Thank you. Wow. Boy, they spend calories uh, think of the names of that. <laughs> What's this harpy thing for the mouth going to be called? You just call it a mouth harp and move on, John. Shut up. <laughs> you and your stupid mouth harp. Um, anyways, you know, very folky and just like, you know, sort of frontiery type stuff. Very interesting stuff. Um, my, my friend, there was one guy, this guy, uh, Joseph Edgar, also a pretty cool guy. And uh, my, my one friend who's a, a Montreal local, it's funny, she, when I met her there, she's like, oh, I hate French music. I'm like, Really? Ooh, whoa! Damn, <laughs> that's funny. She's one of my metal Metallica friends, but I'm like, really, you hate French music? <laughs> you live in Montreal. You're from Montreal. <laughs> um, and it's funny. She actually was just like, ah, his accent. He's not from around here. Probably, probably from like New Brunswick. And she called it. And like, I looked later on the CD. I actually bought like some CDs to support these uh, the artists. Very cool. Um, and I just got to figure a way to play them now because obviously you know CD players I actually don't even have a CD player. <laughs> Is it one in your car at least? I don't even know. Yes, 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 okay, there yeah. is. I've never but, used it, but yes, it's But there. yeah, and the guy says, like, from New Brunswick, like, holy crap, you should called it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the guy's accent was off. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, there's this, uh, there's this one uh, girl, um, Dominique Breau, right? Don't, yeah, Dominique Breau? Yeah. Okay. I, I got to look her up to see, actually, she almost be like, a good addition for the show. She, she was pretty good. It had this sort of, like, rock and roll bluesy vibe. Very interesting. She also, at one point, I think, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a duck call. Um like whistle duck call okay. that she used in the middle of a song, but not like a shtick or gimmick. Like used it almost like uh, as you would maybe like a harmonica kazoo type thing to sure. add something to it, and it added to the song. And it was just pretty cool, but it's just also local flavor, you know. Because I'm sure maybe because I mean not everyone there may from Montreal. There's also the northern parts of Quebec, mm-hmm. which is much more 
rural, rural, more frontier and everything. Yeah, it's just yeah. you know, hey, hey man, like I said, it, it, Quebec is completely different. People's like, oh, if you go, oh, Canada, whatever, man, it's just like America Junior, not Quebec, <laughs> not Montreal, not Quebec City. Completely, those are European cities within North America. There is nothing like it elsewhere in the United States. I realize I'm, I'm, I'm my, uh, my wires knocking the table there. That's no, the, you're doing great. That's the clicking sound. Um, but yeah, man. So it was just really cool to go from like you know my uh, high speed racing in the uh, mornings and the afternoons to then go in the evening and head up to this with all these the uh, sort of the artsy folks and like the locals and everything because it's a completely different scene. You know, there's so much to do there. There's also then on, on the riverbank on the St. Lawrence, the Saint Laurent, uh, there was a Euro <laughs> festival and I walked by and there was, I asked some questions like, oh, what's this? And it's like, uh, it was a Bulgaria exposition with people in like native garb and, you know, just sort of like, you know, cultural dress um, playing Bulgarian music and doing dances and folk dances and everything. That was all happening at the same time. This is all happening in one city. That's I, awesome. I think this, it's, it's a, I, I, I call it, I had some people disagree with me. I think it's a way more diverse city than Miami, Florida, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously Latin America, the different countries, but this Miami is very Latin in flavor. And there's certain things that are just that we do here. That sort of music festival that was over there, I never see happening here, but it yeah. was completely just unique. I said, I, 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 Everyone, you got to go see Montreal at some point in your life. I think it's the best. I do want to check it out sometime. But, but yeah, no, it was a great trip, successful, and just so much fun. And I hated having to leave. Oh, well, as always. Well, that I can imagine. But I selfishly like to have you back. And yes. um, basically, you weren't on the show last week. And since last week's episode, there's something I wanted to talk to you about on the air. And I'm glad uh, I finally got you here now because, I mean, you're a movie guy, and, uh-huh. I, and I would love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I wanted to talk to you specifically about an article I read last week. Uh-huh. So it's a little old okay. now, but uh, you know, it's new to you because you're here now. Uh, Slate's film critic, Dana Stevens, uh, mm-hmm. wrote a, uh, a article about Hollywood sequel fatigue in which she was discussing why she refuses to review, not give a bad review, but just refuses to review altogether the movie Now You See Me Too. I mean, that's. I feel like that's just good. That's just good thinking in and of itself. <laughs> Regardless of a main idea, you know, like a whole bigger picture, I think now, yeah, not reviewing now you see me too is also. It's just. It's just a good, healthy way to stay mentally healthy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, but, okay, yeah. Before we even get into this article, I, I hated now you see me, and I feel like I, I know f- me too. I found a kindred spirit in you, Dave. Because I saw on TV, but also by the way, I didn't waste money like at the theater. I spent money. Oh God, but, you, know, you know what's funny. And th- th- maybe this has happened to you when you talk to other friends, not me, because this is not me. Yeah. When you, you ever t- talk to someone else you know, or maybe like a coworker, colleague about movies, and they say like, "Oh my God, you gotta see X." And this one friend of mine said, "Oh my God, have you seen Now You See Me?" And when I saw it, I'm like thinking about what he said about it, how much he loved it. I'm like, "Oh, you have shitty taste. <laughs> you just li- you really like this bad." awful movie that's bad i'm i'm sorry i feel so sad for you this is all me saying in my head i didn't say it to him yeah but like you, you, you ever have that folks out there where you realize you're talking to someone who likes bad movies and who can't tell the difference and you're kind of like oh oh this is who oh, i didn't, and by I didn't the realize way, who, what you were yeah like going it, out on a date with a pretty girl and like finding out she's super racist and you're like yeah. oh okay. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah actually that kind of happened to me once anyway um <laughs> yeah, yeah don't uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah. And by the way, listener, if you're thinking, well, that's never happened to me. I think you're that friend then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it, because he, I mean, 
I, I could hug you because I feel like I well, found a kindred you. spirit in you because I think well, we this movie anyway. is so terrifically bad. And I can't find anybody else who well, agrees okay, with wait, me. It's not terrifically bad. It's not like so bad it's good. It's not like no holds barred or over the top. No, it's just bad. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just a horrible piece of I wouldn't even call it filmmaking because to 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 to, to lower or no 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 what I can't I, my brain's not working. Well, well, let me say this about the <laughs> movie sorry. before we get into the article because we do have to actually talk about this article. Oh yeah yeah. So. The, the part about the movie that pisses me off the most is the twist at the end. And you know what? It's been a couple years now, spoiler alert, and the new one's coming out anyway, so you should know what happened in the end of that movie. At the end of the movie, it turns out that the cop who's like been chasing these people all around Mark turns Ruffalo. out to be the main magician who set this whole thing in motion. And everybody says, oh, what an amazing twist. No, it's a terrible twist because nothing he does in the entire movie at all is consistent with him being this other person. I know what you're saying. Oh no, that's part of the twist. No, it's not part of the twist because right. if he's just like alone by himself, like nobody's around that he's trying to fool, he wouldn't be also still being the cop trying to investigate the crime. Right, like, exactly. This is such garbage like no. it's not a twist it's just stupid no he, he's just he's he seems to be working against himself without realizing yes it. yes like if, if anything it's it shows how crazy this person is and if anything that's a more interesting premise of a movie that's like maybe that's like a memento sort of thing that's like well that's fight club that's fight club <laughs> that's fight club to just watch fight club okay now if, if you're telling me that now you see me is actually like a movie about a guy who's like this whole all of this is just a fig like all the magicians like the whole investigation the, the like the 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 hot french they cop he's working exist. with is all a figment of his imagination and that's a movie that old oh, i would watch the crap out of that that's a movie and my, was michael caine in that no morgan yes freeman. michael caine and morgan freeman i feel like they're they're having to be team up now all the time um <laughs> yeah if that was the thing and like they were the doctors like watching over him then that's something. Oh my god! But that thing was so. Cr- and, 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 and now so, you see me. Unless also, that's the twist of now you see me too. Then I'm watching now you see me too. Well, that's weird to have a twist involving the first film. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, one I don't understand why there's a sequel. I I I, I, I mean maybe we should I mean, we should have had box office mojo pulled up ready to go to uh, see what the, the the gross was for now you see me. But it didn't really seem like the hit. That would garner a sequel. Well, yeah. Well, that's what this whole article is about, is Hollywood's fascination with being enamored with sequels and creating sequels for in situations that plainly don't call for them. Things that aren't monster hits, but are just okay hits. And right. we decide people want a second movie, even though nobody does. And what's been happening in the last few weeks is that the sequels have been doing a disappointing job in the box office. To quote this Dana Stevens article, Thus far this year, we've already stayed away in large numbers from Kung Fu Panda 3, The Huntsman Winner's War, X-Men Apocalypse, Zoolander 2, The Woman in Black 2, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, and the Divergent series third installment, Allegiant, all movies that performed worse than their predecessors at the box office, sometimes dramatically so, still to come later this year are unasked for return tickets to the other less than widely beloved cinematic destinations, Ouija 2, Ice Age Collision Course, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, and then she wrote in parentheses, Psst, Jack, did you not read your own subtitle? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, damn it! <laughs> Poor Dave, you're sick as a dog. I know this is this is a this is a section of the show where I want to laugh. <laughs> um, like the one week we finally talk about movies and your trips to Montreal and you're too sick to enjoy it. Okay, I, I pulled up box office mojo while you're reading that. Yeah. All right. Do you want to know how much? Now you see me. The first one. What the production budget was? What the production budget was? Yeah. Eighty million. Close seventy five. Wow, still still a lot of money for 
I, I'm not sure what the hell was on screen. Maybe maybe they all went to salaries. Um, it didn't seem like it was on the screen. The bunny was not on the screen. Um, domestic gross. Do you want to guess what it is? We're not. I'm gonna say one thirty. No less. Less. Yeah. Less. Yeah. What was the gross? One seventeen point seven. Really? Yeah. Now, granted, obviously, it seems like so everything now is also ma- foreign. But the foreign worldwide is only two thirty four. So bringing the worldwide to three fifty one. So three fifty one out of the seventy five. It doesn't seem like. I'm sorry. That's not a, a major margin to have a sequel. Right. And all that's not margin. Like most of that foreign gross doesn't get back to the studio. Right. Because also, I, I'm assuming. I mean, usually production budget. I'm not sure if that's also including then, you know, advertising and all that marketing. Stuff. But, but yeah. But I mean, like a thirty million dollar. You know, maybe like a fifteen percent rate of return on a on domestic gross. Like that's not that great. No, yeah, it's yeah. So I mean, but, I I don't understand why this got a sequel. Well, because Hollywood has become so risk averse that you know they would rather invest in a new franchise in a franchise, even if it's not like you know franchise box office, than come up with something new. And here's what I think, which is kind of sad, is mm-hmm. that ironically, the anemic performances of sequels lately is going to have the opposite effect. It's going to make Hollywood even more risk-averse and cause more sequels. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole problem, and by the way, I uh, see sequel-averse. I haven't even seen X-Men Apocalypse yet because every time I think I want to, I'm kind of like, what's the point? Like, I get it. They're going to win. They're going to beat Apocalypse. (laughs) I've already seen the trailer that, you know, uh, James McAvoy is going to shave his head and he's basically going to be Patrick Stewart. Yay, all right, yeah. Why they would have that reveal at probably the end of the movie already in there, that seems like the stupidest thing ever. Um, Yeah. You know, it's just... Like I, uh, I don't get it. And also with the way this timeline is, like, why is I'm sorry Mystique was not part of the X Men. Mystique was a bad guy. That's right. You know now she's like part of the X Men. Like no, she's not. <laughs> she's worked ex- against them. Anyway, yeah. yeah I, so that's the thing. It's like I, I, I have a feeling, man. Just wait till it goes on a plane. I just I have no desire to see this after the amazing uh, thing that was Deadpool after. Star Wars Episode Seven after um, the Revenant after uh, Civil War. Yeah. See, here's the interesting thing. I think maybe what Marvel has discovered is you can get those sequels out as long as you have new directors willing to take the stories and, and treat them indifferently. Not as see that's the thing now. I think remember like the early mid two thousands we were getting crappy superhero movies mm-hmm. because they were trying oh these are superhero movies we have to get superhero movie directors and think it's a superhero movie. No 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 no. Give me a story that has a superhero in it. That's what these things are. Yeah. Winter Soldier was a really great like political sort of type thriller thing with Robert Redford in there. That was really great. Yeah. That, I mean, they treated Civil War as the same sort of thing with all these different themes. They're starting to realize now, oh, we can have a really good story that happens to take place in these universes, but we can still have like a, a serious drama. We can have major themes. It's not just, you know, kabow, biff, boom, you know? <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that at least that's what's going on. Although, obviously, we've seen the DC side of things. It's uh, completely off the rails. Oh, yeah. And look, I'm not I'm not anti sequels. I'm not like one of these like film snobs that everything has to be an original story. But the sequel should come in situations where it calls for it. Like right. Star Wars made, you know, this, this most recent Star Wars made like over a billion and a half dollars. Like, right. okay, yeah, you can make another one there. Right. Well, I mean, also we know that just by virtue of the story, we know they're gonna get it. Yeah. But but also like here's the thing. Remember, we saw John Wick. Yeah. And we love that movie. I love that movie. That was what, 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great original story out of nowhere, right? Like, you're just like, oh my God, this is, where'd this come from? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, They're making it too because, well, the clamor was such. But you're right. right. Even a part of me is thinking, like, well, crap. 
the story was really good for the first one. I get the story. We get the impetus for for him going out and getting revenge. Yeah. You know, what's the second one? You know, like what's like it's the thing when they they t- and they end the story and they tidy it up. It's very hard to make a sequel because now it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay, you're basically saying, okay, we have to. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. No, open up the story again. We have to, we have to get our character back after we've tied, we've closed it. Close the loop. Well, it's like, I, hello, yeah, they've written the story. It's done. Oh, I actually think like. I think there's something for a John Wick sequel because, again, as you noted, the box office performance and the critical acclaim of that movie calls for another one. Right. Plus, I mean, yeah, like the story kind of was closed together, except like there was a pretty cool amount of world building in that movie. Oh, that's a great world. I want to be in that world. Right. And so like there's like there's a lot of cool stuff going on that they don't really explain that much like this like you know hotel of assassins and everything. Doesn't make and you I want to know more about it. Doesn't make you want to be in a, like a hitman for hire. I mean, in that world, yeah, that was pretty cool. Right. And so, but like, yeah. I'm willing to know more about that world. And so in that situation, yes, let's have a sequel. But now you see me, you know, that made a tiny amount more in the box office. That doesn't necessarily cause for a sequel. And by the way, Daniel Radcliffe is in it, right? That is correct. Yes. So he plays a magician, right? <laughs> he's really, he's really branching out. And trying I think, new is, things. is he, I heard like, isn't he playing the bad guy or something? I don't, who cares? But it's like, really? First of all, what's his agent doing? <laughs> because he's he, he, he basically he's taken a bunch of serious roles. And he, have you seen the trailer Swiss for Swiss Army Man? No. Very interesting with him and um, oh Jesus Christ, what's his name? One of the guys from he was in oh God the girl next door, not the main guy. One Jay Baruchel? No, no, no. One of the other kids. You, you, you'd know him if you saw him. Okay. Anyway, Swiss Army Man. It's this indie movie where basically Daniel Radcliffe is a dead body that washes ashore. This guy's on a desert island, deserted island. And basically, he has like all these magical powers as a dead body, and he can do a whole bunch of cool things. And he's it's like, like talking to him. essentially, but he's like his farts have power. I'm very serious. His his erections have power. Um, it's a very interesting idea. It's compl- very unique. Sounds like it. And he's he's done Equus. He's been naked on stage. There's all this stuff. And but ne- no, but he's gonna do now. You see me too because he plays a fucking magician. Come on, kid. Guy, you got out of that, yeah. right? Like it seemed like all of these movies were a concerted effort to get as far away from, you know, Harry Potter as possible. Yeah, and now it's like, nope, never mind, screw it, plan over, magician movie. Yeah, and, and, and is he is he gonna do some sort of like knowing thing? Is he gonna be like, all right, I've got my magic wand here, and it's like, we don't need that, right, audience? <laughs> yeah, like a, like a nod. To, oh God, yeah. If they do that, like I'm never watching. A movie I have a feeling again. they would because remember the Martian had that stupid nod to the council of Elrond oh, with, with, with Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, what? No, you can't explain it. Cause he was there. He's Boromir. And he actually explains it. Well, the council of Elrond, that's what they decided to destroy the one ring. I'm like that. Cause he was fucking there. He's Boromir. <laughs> he knows. That's why I, and people like really love the Martian. I'm kind of like, ah, I was, ugh. it's not, it wasn't best comedy. Give me a, see that, that was, those are the laughs a minute that the golden globes thought it was the best comedy. This is really topical stuff from March. I like the Martian. I know you do. Our thanks to J.P. Kaleo for joining yeah. us in the previous <laughs> segment. That My thanks to you, Dave, for uh, turning in a fantastic performance. Yes, I think actually did, your, uh, I did pretty good. Yeah, and, no, you got into it towards I, the but, end. You know, my voice, I think it still sounds good. Maybe there's a little more deeper to it. There's more timber to it. It's more sexy, Ryan. I mean, that's what it is. It's a sexier yes. voice. Sick Dave is sexy Dave. Uh, before we before we head out, I'm going to try <laughs> one more time. Uh, I got a author event at Books and Books in Coral Gables, July 7th, 6.30 p.m. Uh, love to see you guys stop by. That was better. I'm getting better. Yeah, it's still not Dave quality, but I'm getting better. Yeah. Just getting in, getting out. Yeah. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. Au revoir.